Welcome to The New Next, a podcast that addresses current events and how they will impact the future. As I said at the outset, I mean, I'm still learning so much. This thing is moving so fast. Um, There will always be things to talk about. And, uh, you know, I think to... You know, people that aren't in the in the industry, you know, it, the onus is kind of on everybody to make sure that we're cognizant of it and learning about it because it's going to affect everybody's lives as well. Um, and so we want to you know, make sure that we can translate it into something that everybody understands about how it works and what what values and risks it has. And um, but that's going to be a big ongoing conversation for the rest of our lives because, uh, yeah, it's going to be included in more and more and more of our life going forward. Now, one of the things that, um, even though I, I feel, I mean, like, like you said, we could talk about this forever. Um, so we'll just talk about for a little bit longer, um, <laughs> is the oil and gas industry, um, speci- or energy. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm butchering this question that Matt has up here, but, um, maybe, and this might be where Matt, I don't see him. So I don't know if he's, um, just in another room or if he's going in, um, planning against us on how to take over the world with your AI, but how, um, what are some ways that AI could be deployed in energy and oil and gas applications like that will make the world better, I guess. Hey, yeah, we'll have to get Matt's opinion on this as well, but my, my understanding is that it's already being used in oil and gas. Um, you know, this, this is something, you know, Right, right now it's probably a large you know, data contract that you know these you know Exxon and all these folks have um, to, to help them out but it's already here um, but you know Matt in terms of your question about how AI can integrate with oil and gas I mean I'm sure you could talk more specifically to some of those aspects but yeah you know it's everything from you know data analysis uh, to you know active control of physical you know assets. Um, you know, we, there's so, so much data in, in this industry um, about you know, what geology there is, what the current production statistics are for wells across the world, all the uh, material that's going into and coming out of those wells uh, in order to manage them and produce. Um, and Just all the sensors and incorporated with everything, too. All the wireline stuff going down and gathering all that information, you know second by second, microsecond by microsecond, all that information is something that, you know, can be fed into these algorithms to help, you know, optimize production, um, decrease costs, and make sure that, you know, we're using, they're using the right amount of materials, the right type, um, going to the right location. Um, that's just on the data side. I mean, on the, on the other sides, I mean, there's a lot of, you know, we, we've talked a lot about, um, tracking of physical assets in the industry um, and that there's just a massive amount of logistics and um, there's a, it's still a pretty. Probably the most logistic intensive industry. If you talk about like fragmented pieces of equipment and tools and stuff that have to be tracked and all show up on location. Yeah. Um, they, do you know if there are automated 
like drill sites, like no roughnecks, no nothing, just, you know, pads and machines. <laughs> yes, Lumberjay is building one. I actually tried when I was at Baker, they didn't, they didn't do it, but I submitted a automated drilling platform as a patent in the system. I, I submitted some great patents that they didn't try to follow up on, <laughs> but yeah, like, John, yeah, John on to talk about that, yeah. that like Slumberjay and stuff have gone out and built, but yeah, they're, they're building it now. So, um, the automated drill pipe systems, it's you know, basically pulls the drill pipe out, does a lot of the roughneck sort of stuff. And, um, we kind of saw that originally with, I would say, remote operations for drilling. So all the drilling used to be on site and then you started having, uh, while we're there, while I was there, Baker bought a remote operations drilling company and incorporated that in. Um, and uh, so it was like, you could have one directional driller out of Houston, um, basically drilling five different wells and since they, uh, all the sites have high speed internet on them, you can basically control all this remote. So that's kind of an advantage. You know, a lot of that stuff, having your technical, um, talent, that's not necessarily super available everywhere. Being able to remotely carry out some of these operations is usually a huge cost saving thing. And it's, it's a dangerous industry. So whenever you can implement technology to remove risk on people's lives, um, or serious injury. Um, it's, uh, I, I think like, you know, some, some people look at this as jobs being lost, but it's also a very natural progression for the industry. Um, and then like mm -hmm. another thing, like after you produce it too, having those scenarios where there's a potential failure or a, decrease in the optimal or decrease in the quality of the production of the well, it can trigger or uncover events like that and, um, help people to, to bring them to site and then also give them kind of context around what's going on, simplify a lot of things. So yeah, purely on the AI side, I, I kind of look at it, uh, maybe the easier metaphor is looking at self-driving. So if you've ever seen like the heads up display in, in a Tesla or, um, you know, other self-driving cars, and it shows you the computer vision idea of what it's looking at. And so it says like, here, here's a lane edge, you know, here is another lane edge. Here's the car going by me. Here's a person. And it can kind of intuit and understand the, the context that it's in and where it needs to go. And so, you know, when we talk about, you know, applications for in other industries, you know, we know the, the algorithm or the set of rules to do something, you know, here's how the order of things you do to drill a well. Well, in the real world, the pipe swings a little bit, you know, the, the ground reacts a little bit differently. The, you know, motor dragging things up and down isn't always in the perfect place. And so you, you need something that can react and understand in real time to what's going on. And so you can take those kinds of things and train it to understand what it's looking at and, and operate automatically for the most part. Um, and so there, there are things like that that, you know, could be brought into either drilling or other parts of the industry, you know, self-driving, you know, fuel trucks. I don't know. I mean, we already have, yeah. uh, you know, freight and, um, you know, <laughs> 
18 uh, wheelers and things like that that we're working on to be able to automate. So, um, you know, you can bring a lot of those things in, uh, in addition to just the pure data analysis things we talked about in the beginning to, to really, you know, allow us to do a lot more, do it cheaper, um, do it safer uh, than we have been in the past. So one, one scenario that I've, I've thought a lot about um, is kind of like this triggering scenario is uh, like obviously ESG and gas loss is a huge issue these days. So a lot of people are incorporating drones, um, methane detecting drones in their operations. So if you have like an integrated system, you could have a drone basically going out and scanning the field. If it comes back with high readings on natural gas or something, since everything is correlated to a specific lat long point, like they can basically target where the source of the gas that they think that they in is, uh, basically call out another specialized machine that can go out automatically self-drive. Like Joel said, go out, do initial evaluation on what's happening before any, anybody even has to, has the ability to get out in this place in the first place. And then by the time it can either figure out whether or not this is a problem or not and notify the field hand on what some sort of course of action might be on this. So uh, it was interesting when Google Glass first came out, I was like, this has a really interesting application because you can layer in that kind of data document framework over your reality at the moment. Um, but I really think that since you're dealing with such disparate assets and such technical machines like oil and gas really has the ability and, and, you know, unfortunately this is the case too, but military applications too, to really be a AI forward business when you're talking about what's driving movement and decisions on the ground before getting the human intervention necessarily involved. There's an, unfortunately a, a lot of use case and using that for killing people too. So. Yeah. That's probably what would have to happen for it to really move forward. Right. Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, NASA, a lot of people of NASA have said in the past that, they support increased military spending because that's, you know, a lot of the, our greatest breakthroughs from a science element have been tied to military spending. So, oh yeah, yeah, which is why it's sad, <laughs> like you said earlier. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess that's true. And on that sad note, <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you would like to learn more about the New Next Podcast, find us at thenewnextpodcast.com where you can suggest a topic you would like for us to cover. If you enjoyed what you heard, share the podcast, tell a friend about it, or rate us with five stars. 